0: and welcome to episode number 104 of line of sight my name is Jaden, and i'm here with brett how's it going
1: well uh, a brett only if you don't care about audio quality
0: brett only if you don't care about (laughs) audio quality because brett's on his phone because brett (laughs) is i presume traveling for thanksgiving yes yep i'm currently hiding from my in-laws in houston Right. Yeah, because yeah, last year we yes. went to barbecue together at Thanksgiving because I was also in Houston. Yes, that was fun. That was fun. Sadly, this year I'm in Washington, and it snowed today. It's you. Can't. No, it's good. Yeah. It's great. I love it. So awesome. <laughs> oh, it's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well,
1: Texans panic. Texans panic about snow because. When it snows in Dallas, this whole city shuts down. Like, yeah. You do I not want to be trapped here.
0: That's what happens in Seattle, too. So, okay. To be fair. Um, no, it, it, well, the thing that was perhaps the only bad thing about it is I'm a teacher, and today was a half day, and it was also the day with the first snow, and it snowed during school hours. So the kids were wired, <laughs> like out of their minds. Oh,
1: wow. I don't think, I think the schools here don't have school at all this week.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Fuck <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Anyway, so, um, news. There's not a lot. Uh, did you see
1: the new the new Riot Quest models?
0: I did not see the new Riot Quest model. The only thing I saw that was new... Oh, the uh, the Necrotech so the, dude?
1: Yeah, so there's a medium-based cavalry.
0: <laughs> okay, I didn't see that. Which, yeah, which one the, is that?
1: That's the... That's the Necrotech
0: dude. Oh, that's he's a cavalry model? Yeah, he has a mount. <laughs> Slick. I guess that's why he's got Repo 3. Sweet. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, um and there's also Jumpy McPullerson or Bad Tongue Look.
0: Okay. I mean Bad Tongue Look is still fine, so Yeah. Yeah. So that. he
1: so he's he's a croak. He's small based, unfortunately, but he has a train chain strike pull, so a four mm-hmm. inch pull. Um, and if he hits, uh, he can he can get a token that lets him boost, and also gives him parry, for some reason, Whoa. which which is weird to, since he has jump. Yep, that's strange. Um, if he was medium, if he was large base, he would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a small base, he's interesting.
0: So, like the most abusive thing I can think of to do with him is to pull unit leaders out of formation.
1: Yeah, it's only pow ten.
0: Yeah, so like you're just gonna be like yoink, you're out of formation now, nerd. Because most unit leaders like command attachments are like 13, thirteen fourteen with five boxes, so Patton's not super likely to kill them in one hit.
1: And it's fine if it does kill them. Yeah,
0: I'll take that. Uh, yeah, it's
1: also. I, I mean, it's also. I, I always think of the things that can go jump and kill cultists. So <laughs> he can go ahead I mean, the Void our <laughs> He he can
0: he can sure get back there and mess up some cultists. Does he have sure consume? No, he just says okay. normal attacks. So he doesn't get around self-sack, but nope. other than that... Well, he, he pulls him four inches. That's true. <laughs> kinda... That's that's reasonable. I'm just more like thinking he won't just nuke, nuke Auron out, because I bet no, you Auron's... That would be worth four
1: points for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, the Krix Necrotech, he's like seven points, and he has a rule specifically saying, look, maybe he's freed some Thief Forces. <laughs> we don't want him to be.
0: Oh, yeah, he's got that special issue. This model can never be a requisition point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Private Tree Press. There should be more of that. <laughs> um, we also got to see the mini crate for January. And speaking as a Hearts of Darkness player, I might have to get a couple of these. It's super cool. It's super cool. They are Crick Stalker Warjacks, so the Light Warjacks, with a gigantic cloak and a scythe. So they're Grim Reaper Stalkers. Yeah. It's wonderful.
1: Uh-huh. And that means they'll actually stay attached to their base. On, like, the normal that, stalker.
0: too, because they got this big old cloak to glue down to their base. Correct. Yeah. I've got all my friends that are like, I've got eight stalkers, but I want all of these. And I'm like, I have no stalkers. This is great. They're yes. only like $3 more expensive than regular stalkers. Oh, really? I'm in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you just get like eight subscriptions?
0: <laughs> I would probably get four if I was going to get yeah. any. Oh, I think, for, for all purposes. Yeah, I can't imagine, like the Morton Evers are jackcasters, yeah, and if they ever get fixed, they'll probably want a couple of stalkers, but I can't imagine they want that many stalkers.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so, Asphyxius wants several.
0: Uh Asphyxius can't play in Arts of Darkness. Oh, really? Even four? He, he's a partisan, sir. You may not take partisan models in uh, Arts of Darkness.
1: That's, that's right. That's right. Otherwise you'd be able to take Connie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or like. Well, no, because she's a caster. Yes, they specifically call out the casters. Sure, but uh, you'd, be you'd, you'd, you'd be able to precursors. take Adrian's or precursors <laughs> or um, like things that are actually good. Like, man, if I could take Nis hunters, oh, well, please. so I think the problem
1: is uh, fluff wise. They don't want Marwins who turned out to be
0: Infernalists. No, that I mean, even though Hawk is one,
1: <laughs> he, was, he was a Marwin.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, he was part of the uh, Order of Illumination, I believe, in the Flush. Oh, that's deep. Deep cover. Yeah. Well, no, it's... um, He learned about the pact that Thamar and Morrow made and flipped out. He was like, this is not okay. And <laughs> it's like, I'll go search the Infernals, that'll be fine. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think, I think there might have been a bit more to it than that. I kind of skimmed that part of the Oblivion okay, book, to be honest. But that was the gist of it, is is that he was at Order of Illumination, which is like a super high person in the Church of Morrow, Mm -hmm. found out about the pact, realized that humanity was screwed, and decided that he was going to be a pragmatist.
1: Okay, so I want to tell you a story about a board game I played in college. It's called Arkham Horror, and it introduced something called quests, which are like these super complicated things that you could do, and they would give you a reward. One Mm -hmm. of them was called Join the Winning Team. And it said, go sacrifice an ally in these four specific locations. And if you do, you win the game and everyone else loses the game. Wow. <laughs> and so whenever someone does something like that, I always just say, oh, they're joining the winning team. I got
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, yeah. There's actually a lot of really cool fluff behind a lot of the Infernal solos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would actually really like to do a Oblivion fluff cast at some point here, but I figured we'd awesome. give it a solid, like, Six months to a year before we do that, so that people don't have to listen to spoilers, spoilers. if they don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have fun with that episode. <laughs> I will have fun with that episode. Good, great.
1: I'll I'll be supporting you from here.
0: Yep, you'll be sitting there going, "Wow, I never knew that." Wow, that's I never true. Knew that. I
1: will say that.
0: <laughs> no way, that's crazy. They would <laughs> never write that, Jaden. Yeah, they did. All right. Um, <laughs> they, other news. They would never
1: have. They would never blow up the universe, blow up the setting of the the game for the last thirty years, and then have one race pick up a continent and say "fuck it, we're out."
0: Yeah, never. No, not <laughs> at all. Um, anyhow, so other news: we've got the Las Vegas Open coming up in like seven weeks. Shit, I need to get ready. For that. <laughs> I need to know. I need to figure out if I'm even going to that at yeah. this point. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's also going to be. I'm going to the LOS War Machine events calendar right now. Yep. Good subtle plug right there. I know, right? <laughs> um, hey, man, I maintain it. I got to plug it. We are... Uh, there's boosted con coming up this weekend in uh, Poland. But I assume if you know about that, you're already going to it. Or if you don't know about it, you're not anymore because it looks like it's a team man, team event and oh. stuff. <laughs> yes, that would be different. Um, in December, there's not much. There's Snooty Carnage in Florida on December fifteenth. There's the Oddfellows tournament, and this is now into January. Um, in uh, January in Victoria, BC, on January fourth and fifth, I might try to go to that actually because that's close-ish. Oh, okay. oh
1: yeah, I guess on I guess on the west coast, it's not that
0: frozen. No, it's it's like four and a half hours away, and it should probably not be freezing. And then we're getting to like the Oslo Conquest and. In- uh, January and then the uh, Las Vegas Open at the end of January as well. Wow. So, but well, yeah, this is this is the off season, guys. Enjoy it. Six weeks without events. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, without convention level events at least. Yeah. Um, US. we we've been told that a dynamic update is in the works. Hopefully, before the end of the year is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had it confirmed that one caster and one War Beast, also known as the Clockatrice, are um, getting nerfed, and that there's about a dozen buffs of various magnitudes that are coming uh, mostly um, to creel company they said mostly to creel company yeah cool which is which is cool for trolls and i love that theme for us, so i'm not mm-hmm. too upset about that well, the, and it's the
1: only cool. thing pig tanks are in so
0: right and yep so and what we know what we think we know about the clock nurse is that likely time setter is going to once per turn which is fine
1: yeah, that doesn't change
0: anything. No, nah, it's okay. And that it, it does—it
1: sp- does make opponents feel better, which is important.
0: It makes it so that you can't sacrifice and then just like completely wreck the game.
1: Oh, that's going to be really annoying to track.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to like mark this model already stuttered. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um. And so then the other thing is that their spray is probably going to crit paralysis.
1: Man, I hope it'll, it's just changed to spray six.
0: <laughs> uh I suspect that the paralysis the other thing that I've heard, but I, I don't think is likely is that paralysis is gonna be shakeable. Um that doesn't fix the problem. So I the, hope the that's only not the reason fix.
1: The only reason I would s I would suspect that is the case is that they're proliferating paralysis a bit with
0: negation angels. That's true. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. But it doesn't fix the problem <laughs> at all.
1: So. Uh I feel like it pretty significantly fixes the, the problem.
0: It doesn't fix the uh, assassination problem, though. No, it
1: doesn't fix the assassination problem, but uh, like Grimkin is not an assassination faction. That's true. Uh, and it very much fixes the... <laughs> your Dracodile can walk one inch.
0: Right. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I could see it, but I, I feel like that's less likely than the spray itself getting changed to something else. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. Crit yep. Paralysis be the most annoying to me, just because I hate crit effects.
0: Yeah, but, Brett, you've got a Grave Ghoul, and you've got Puppet Master. Like, you're gonna be fine. I you'll thought you were gonna actor. say, you have Arcadius, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> to which I would well, say, yes. <laughs> that's true. Convo- oh my gosh, Void Archons with Arcadius. Yup. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Um, That's amazing, and I kind of want to talk about that more on a future episode of Line of Sight. Well, I Just to... You
1: know, just a transition here. I could say that I'm very thankful for Arcadius and how ridiculous he is. All right, so Brett's
0: doing a really <laughs> bad job segueing it. Right? How topic. dare you! <laughs> I'm thankful um, that I don't have to write segues. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> we're gonna spend I don't know 20, 30 minutes here and just talk about some of the things that uh, we were great, we were thankful slash grateful slash appreciative of that War Machine has brought into our lives or helped us to develop or you know just things in general that we're grateful for it could be about the community it could be about the game it could be about stuff that we've gotten to do as a result of it and uh we figure that's appropriate because it's thanksgiving time
1: yay and yeah. and we're gonna we're not gonna talk about trolls um because thanksgiving is all about glossing over the suffering of
0: natives uh i have to edit that out now <laughs> oh <not> really <laughs> no probably not <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a a,
1: hey, come on. We this is a country that celebrates Columbus Day still. We have to talk
0: about this. (sighs) I mean, we really don't, but (laughs) all right, all right. So, Brett, what are you thankful about for War Machinists? And you could talk about Arcadius if you really feel like you must. I don't think that's the first thing I I would talk about. Okay, so I think the thing I like most
1: the thing that, that first comes to mind when i think about thankful, being thankful for war machine is that it at the end of the day for you know the like 8 years i've been playing it it is still a game that rewards investment it rewards tactical thinking and the time you put into it and like i always feel like i can put more effort and more more of my time and uh, energy into it, and i I get something out of it. I always feel like I'm improving or like like I, I I never feel like um you stagnated well, yeah, I never feel like the game is preventing me from like playing. I never feel like um, there's something arbitrary holding me back. I never feel like there's something out of my control that's making the game worse mm-hmm. um, except for when i don't play in champions. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, like, no other game have I felt the time into improvement. It, yeah, I, I sort of got that in StarCraft, um, mm-hmm. but the problem with StarCraft is that the, the the initial learning curve is, well, just like War Machine, it's very hard. Um, and so I bounced right off of that. Like, I didn't want to put in the hundreds of hours I need. I felt like War Machine was much more initially rewarding.
0: Well, and I think that, uh, a reason for that is because War Machine is inherently a social game. You get mm-hmm. to not only play the game, but you also get to play it with people, and you get to see the people. And so, mm-hmm. it's a good way to spend time with friends as well as to yeah. you know put in that practice. Right, Starcraft is it's, it's not very different
1: than GLHF GG. And that's all the communication you get.
0: Yeah, or yeah, pretty much. And you like you get to see people, you get to laugh with them, you get to commiserate over dice, um, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're just staring at a screen and frantically clicking buttons as fast as you possibly can.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and I, and I guess that's really what I'm getting at is that I I I feel like the randomness of the game is enough to keep it interesting, but not so much that it's out of control. Sure. All
0: right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it, sitting here thinking about it, the thing that I'm the most grateful about for War Machine, like the reason I I continue to play it, is because. Um, I have a very analytical mind and I do a job that doesn't require me to use that at all. Um, So that means that I spend a lot of my day every day uh, sort of just ignoring a pretty big chunk of sort of my core self, if -hmm. that makes any sense. And so it's really refreshing to be able to dive into something as completely as war machine can let you dive into it for those two hours and to do nothing at all, but use that side of my brain that gets repressed as I'm teaching five-year-olds how to (laughs) sing.
1: Is it just me or um, do you feel like you get like good rewards from using that analytical side for even like, like if you're taking a five minute break from work, um, you can pull out your phone, build a list, and say, "Oh, that's an interesting way." Or like, think about how to how to deploy, or like how to play a certain matchup.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that lately. It's been more like, "How does this in, like this particular rule break the game?" Or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but, or or like, there's been a lot of uh, talking about like uh, the the order in which you summon for infernals and the things that mm-hmm. you need to summon and the the way in which you need to play in order to make that work. Um, right. but, yeah, I think that's true. Like, It's definitely something that once you get to a certain level of comfort, uh, with the rule set itself, and with the vast majority of the things in the game, you can sort of take... It's kind of the opposite of a brain break. You can take like, a, <laughs> a brain stimulation moment, and, and sit down and really pile into, into a topic, just sort of mentally. It's kind of like how um, you can self-analyze a game of chess. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really wrestling with yourself to try and get it as perfect as you can get it on your own. And then later you can take that and you can, you know, add other people to it who might see things that you don't.
1: Right. that's important. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. Um, I'm grateful that this game draws that kind of analytical mind, the kind of people who like to, you know, work towards the perfect game and analyze, you know, small mistakes that they made, small improvements that you make and aren't focused on, aren't as focused on like, Oh, yeah, I totally crushed that game so much as, hmm, what could I have done better or what is this matchup messed up? Kind of like a game design y kind of like look yeah, at it. There's
0: a bit of that. I mean, when you get to the point where you're like, ah, oh, I missed that five, why did I need to hit that five?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the transition, um, but to that moment, like as you start the game, you're like, oh, I hit sevens on average. And then much, much later, you're like, if I have to roll a five, I have done something wrong. Right.
0: Or (laughs) if I have to roll a five and I don't have the resources to boost, something's gone off the walls. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I agree. Yeah.
1: Okay. And that that's the core War Machine design that's really easy to miss is that I don't think there's any game out there that where you can invest resources to make things more probable like as integral to the system.
0: Yeah, Judgment gets sort of there, but it's not the same. Um, Infinity doesn't really... I, Infinity does
1: the opposite.
0: Infinity does the opposite. It's like, <laughs> well...
1: <laughs> they, they actually came up with a model that makes makes it so sort of that it, it, uh, it always crits, or it can always crit on a one no matter how hard it is to hit. So you just set them up like maximum range, whatever your
0: cover and stealth, whatever. And just, if I roll a one, you die. (laughs) Like,
1: What is going on?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, no. And then Malifaux is like sort of the opposite because you have a finite amount of probability. Um, Yeah.
1: It's more about resource management. Kind of like Monpock is more about resource management.
0: Yeah. And then um, GW games are just like throw D sixes at things. And yeah. I haven't played one almost a decade, so I guess I can't really comment.
1: But <laughs> Yeah, but I can certainly judge from afar.
0: <laughs> I think it's probably a valid statement to say that, like, the, the ability to mitigate uh, randomness is unparalleled in War Machine compared to other games yes. out there.
1: Yeah, because it is it's so core to the system. I feel like it's valued properly, um, mm-hmm. like rerolls are difficult and expensive unless you're Grimkin. Or Infernals. <laughs> no, they're still they're still expensive infernals. I mean, you want those cults alive? That's true.
0: The, Brett, that's what Nicias for.
1: <laughs> sure, if Nicias <laughs> works, then yeah, you're winning that game. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Um, okay, it's your turn actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just going to expand on that point. Like, sure. be- because of War Machine, I've made the the best friends that i've had post high school like Mm -hmm. and it's not even like these are the people that i see every day and so i have to be their friends because i see them every day no it's the kind of people that i'm like i want to go to this convention and it's theoretically to play miniature games but it's really because i only get to hang out with brett chandler and the other people like three times a year and i want to see them yeah in addition i don't think i would have ever
1: met a canadian who worked for war machine and i'm so glad for all the ones that i have met
0: yeah oh, well i am canadian so that's not a you're, you're in there war machine. Oh, <laughs> cool yeah no and i mean that's another thing is like it's a really interesting way to share like very different cultures in a mm-hmm. in a very common sort of language i'm air quotes that word um because like, you get to run into all kinds of people. And that's one of the great things about the game itself is that because it's so universal and there's very little house ruling, you can just yes. walk into a store where there's War Machine players playing and you just play the game. And you don't have to be like, no, in, in our store, um, this thing is Matt 10 because we want it to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the stan- the format is extremely standardized. Um, like. It, it's very rarely even a question of is it going to be a 75.2 list game you know with scenario right
0: yep which i know that's kind of like bouncing off that topic i know for some people that's a really big turnoff but it is in a lot of ways one of the greatest strengths of the game is the predictability of what you're gonna play
1: mm-hmm. um, well the only other game i can think of that's like that is uh, is magic right i mean and the reason that they get away with it is that they have five different standard formats. Right. Yeah, keep adding more.
0: <laughs> Do they? I've been so out of the loop. I'm not even uh, supposed to be. They it they tonight. just
1: introduced a format that's bigger than standard just the last 2 years and smaller than
0: moderns, you know, last 13 oh. years. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, whatever. People are very excited. <laughs> all right. I mean, I could see it. That sounds like fun. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Um, Yeah, right. That's what what we like is picking apart rule sets and with restrictions and trying to find what's what works and what doesn't.
0: Yep, restrictions breed creativity. Yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite phrases.
0: Yeah. Um, Another thing that I'm extremely grateful or thankful about that War Machine has introduced to me is that I never ever would have become a miniature painter without this game. Really? Um, Oh yeah, absolutely not.
1: Not even. How long have you been playing War Machine?
0: Five and a half years.
1: So about the same time as you've been painting, you say?
0: Uh, I started painting about a month after I started playing. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, up until that point, so before I, I found War Machine, um, I'd done a lot of like casual like sketching.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd
0: taken a couple of drawing courses at the community college as my like um, electives credits, mm-hmm. and I was a very mediocre. Uh, magic card altruist um, for like <laughs> just my friends I would like alter cards just for fun and I was pretty bad at it looking back um uh,
1: yeah, but but you're I mean most of the time you're doing that for fun so it's like it, as long as the story is cool and it looks fine
0: yeah pretty much so and then uh when I uh the the draft the day the Friday Night Magic event where my my friend Jeremy wasn't drafting. I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, you should play this game. It's really cool. <laughs> and these models are sweet. You should try painting them. And I was like, but I've only heard bad things about Warhammer. And he went, oh, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not oh, Warhammer. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I went, oh, all right. And then I proceeded to watch uh, a demo game. And then at about one in the morning, I played a demo game and, uh, <laughs> I got to arc parasite through a death ripper and then tear it apart with another tear uh, a phoenix apart with another death ripper, and then promptly got Denny assassinated by Ray or not Raven Kalissa. And you lost your demo. You still played. (laughs) Uh, We we were both demoing to be fair. Oh okay. Yeah, it was it was two demo games basically. Sure. Yeah, I I did lose my demo, but uh, (laughs) yeah, the the thing that blew my mind about the demo itself was like. I never played a tabletop game before. I'd only ever played like chess or board games and the freedom of being able to just measure to somewhere and put my model there was like the most terrifying and cool (laughs) like experience that I'd had in a game up until that point. Mm -hmm. Cause it was so like, well, where do I go? There's no (laughs) rules. What do I do? There's no (laughs) rules. I have to like intuit this stuff. That was really cool. And then I saw Terminus and I was like, I'm going to paint that. And that, that started the long journey. And over the last like three years, miniature painting has been my absolutely the highest amount of time I've put into anything. Um, like any non-work or professional or family thing. Yeah, a, non-child like non-child thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as a primary hobby, like uh, sometimes when my mom talks to me about like my life and stuff, she she tells me that I'm really lucky to have found a hobby that, that stimulates my brain the way it needs to. And then also lets me be creative. And I couldn't agree more. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See what I want to talk about next was the faction variety. Oh, sure. Kind of the same thing where, uh, yeah, I like that. There are lots of different ways to express your creativity a lot, like to express what you like. Um, like I like having a faction that's, like a complete mess tonally, but you get to pick and choose from all these wildly different camps. I like that there's a faction that's like completely fragile in every way. But if you, but it has like all these hit and run. And if you you play 10 times better than your opponent, then right. You know, yeah. I just break the rules and my opponent's like, what the fuck? Why
0: did they think that was okay? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting analogy, but, uh, we've discussed it a little bit before how um, a, a lot of the time for me when I'm playing a game, a matchup that I don't know very well, it feels a lot like I'm, I'm sight reading a piece of, of music and performing it. War Machine as a system feels a lot like practicing music does. Um, it rewards the time that you put into it, assuming you do it correctly. It also punishes you extremely right, rewards understanding of the theory, right? It, under- it rewards, yeah, rewards understanding of <laughs> the theory. The theory, or the, or the notes, or the structure, um, mm-hmm. it rewards understanding of tempo and timing. Uh, it rewards understanding mm-hmm. of, um, of placement and of, like, not, uh, style's the wrong word for it in the game, but placement and style. There's no such thing as playstyle. Yeah, um, and, then, <laughs> and then it also punishes you almost immediately as well. Um, in in the same kinds of ways. Like, for example, if you're playing a piece and you play it wrong for somebody, you get a negative reaction almost instantly. If you play poorly, you lose really fast. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing that I've sort of noticed is that it requires a lot of the same kind of focus and intensity, and it rewards practice in an almost identical way, which is unique out of the things that I found because music's a very demanding discipline and, uh, yeah, I, is think,
1: similar. I think it's interesting that it's similar in the way that you can get some practice by yourself, but some things you have to do like as a band or as a, group, yep. or like a, as a, you know, like a real game playing against a human.
0: Yeah. Or performance, which would be similar. Sure. Yep. yep. What else you got?
1: Um, so this is another core gameplay thing, but um, I love that um, I love that that the comeback mechanic is so baked in. I love that you're never checked out of a game because it's very easy to screw up and you just assassinate and you get the win anyway. It's true. It's well, the skill equaliza- equalization that that causes others have to do extreme amounts of work to make sure that like that that doesn't just happen every time like it's still yeah a possible lot of cases like I, like one of my favorite things I had last year is that I played in the finals of a qualifier and it was against a player who had been playing for like three or four months and he just he had mastered a really strong assassination list and he just pulled it off three times in a row and got to the finals like I love that that's the story that can that's
0: yeah it's, to cool. happen. it's uh it certainly is unique. There is no other game aside from chess that places such emphasis on the central piece. Mm-hmm. Um as far as like war games go, which is really interesting.
1: Um, yeah, because one of the, like it's it's some it's a problem I notice in Monster Apocalypse is that uh the humans when they say like if, if there's no like comeback mechanic like that. It's if they feel like they're getting behind, they just give up and check out. And yeah. like monster apocalypse games end up being really close ninety nine percent of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But people are like, Oh, I'm behind. I've got like one HP left on this monster, there's no way I get back in. It's like actually the game's designed better than that, but I understand that it feels awful right now. Right. And warm Machine gets around that because you could just say, Well, just set up for an assassination or you know,
0: yeah, I mean it's well, mathematically it's very unlikely, but you might be able to do it, and so there's that that sliver. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'm, I don't know, wasn't there wasn't there a
1: MOBA that didn't have like a surrender function? So like you could be in a position where you've clearly lost, but you still have to play for like twenty minutes. Oh, that's called,
0: that's Dota two. Yeah, I played okay, that yeah. game.
1: Yeah, so like War Machine's the opposite of that. So you go for this hail mary, and then the game immediately ends after that because you've left your caster, you know, hanging in the wind. It's just, right. yep. it's just there's so many, so many nice, uh, so so many nice things that come back from it. Come yeah, out of that mechanic.
0: Yeah, venturing away from the game a little bit, I've noticed we've been doing this uh, back and forth between the game and the mm-hmm. social aspect. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to travel a lot more than I ever expected to uh, because of this game. Yeah, which which has been really fun. Um, I, I've certainly driven a lot more than I expected to. <laughs> I haven't had that that. Uh, well, that's because that you're
1: a billion miles away from everything. You can't that's drive
0: anywhere. True. I mean, I drive to Seattle and then I fly somewhere. Does that count?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. When you get trapped in a snowstorm in the mountains for two days,
0: I, I have done that actually. Uh, a <laughs> that, friend that's of awful. my, two two friends of mine, and I. Uh, they are from Spokane, and I'm from the middle of the state, which is between Spokane and Wenatchee. They picked me up, and we drove over to the west side. On the way back, we, uh, we got stuck in a snowstorm, so we had to turn around and get a motel for the night. And then we had to go down to Portland and then back up so that we could avoid the closed passes, which meant that the like oh grand total of four and a half hours of driving that I was expecting to do, or five hours of driving turned into 20 ish hours of driving. And uh, it was pretty fun, but it, it was like, <laughs> it was no. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what I, I've never seen you do any like touristy things when you, when you travel, what's, what's the coolest place that you visited? Mm, coolest
0: place that I've visited for war machine well i don't do many touristy things because number one they're expensive and number two i could be playing games um (laughs) but uh i really enjoyed and i know this is like pretty commonplace for you but i've come to texas a couple of times for a machine Mm -hmm. um and i really enjoyed I, i did get to go with my sister one time to the the houston's got a downtown district which is basically like here's a bunch of museums and they're all connected with underground like tunnels yeah. And uh, we just spent like a day uh, after the tournaments doing that. And it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. See, I like big cities too. So I understand where you're coming from.
0: Well, I don't like big cities. I just like <laughs> that part of the big city.
1: When, okay. Well, I'm going to claim it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I like, I, I travel on my stomach. I like, you know, explore. and find a place.
0: um whatever you just said got compressed together into about a 10th of a second after a huge delay.
1: Sorry. Okay. So I was was talking about how um, I travel on my stomach. So I like finding cool local places to eat. Like, uh, like the barbecue place we went to in St. Louis a bunch of times or like Mm. um, the the place we always go to. um, Oh, (laughs) all the, all the Chicago stuff that I always find. (laughs) Yeah. So, one thing I've discovered is that being a Chicagoan who lives elsewhere, if you ever encounter another Chicagoan, the first thing they'll tell you is the nearest Italian beef place. And I'd be upset with that <laughs> except that it's useful information I wanted to know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's been really it's been really cool to like, I mean, I haven't really seen all that much of the cities other than like the drive from the airport to the hotel and then like the airport itself or and then like wherever we go for food. But like it's definitely let me experience a lot more of the world in some ways than I, I would have otherwise. Because
1: yeah, I guess uh, it's kind of hard to talk yourself into traveling when you know you're working all the time, you don't get much time off, and you have two kids. So well, it's it's great yeah. to have a reason, right? Yeah, basically. So yeah, yep. well, and see, and I've been, and I keep using. is is to go like to europe and i'll turn into a whole huge trip and do all kinds of touristy things bring my wife and obviously that's been amazing
0: yeah i mean if i ever make a wtc team that will be exciting and we'll Uh, definitely go for a couple of weeks and see all the things
1: you gotta i mean the hardest part of going to europe for america is the trip over there so once you're there you like you gotta spend all the time
0: yep pretty much that would that would be the the plan and the goal that's the dream yeah yeah um,
1: All right. So here's one thing I wish for more machine in the future. I want sure. I want more of a like Asian community because I want an excuse to travel to you know not Europe.
0: I understand that that there is a small Chinese and a small Japanese community developing. Um, good, good. Uh, I see Tom Guan occasionally so, post things. Yeah. So well, uh, I I guess I guess I should just go to
1: Australia and spend the thirty years that it takes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> well i guess i'd have to play judgment now
0: i mean there's nothing wrong with that there's uh no. one other but, thing well, that i totally spaced on and should have led with earlier because this has actually <laughs> been something that's quite important to me is um because of judgment i've learned how to edit audio edit video um write engaging uh because of judgment narrative. No, sorry, because of War Machine. Not okay, judgment. I'm like, wait, so um, no, because of because of War Machine. My yeah. bad. We were just talking about Judgment. Uh, I've learned how to edit audio, edit video, um, write engaging short narratives, write long form analyses of things that aren't like with uh, that are, that don't have the benefit of like standing on other work's shoulders.
1: Yeah, uh, so pioneering into fields a little, little bit.
0: Material. Right, um, has been really interesting. And uh, I think oh. those are all extremely valuable skills for lots of different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it also feels great to be that kind of like, to like put content every week, well, mostly every week mostly and every week. like, you know, keep improving. Yeah. And like, right, we, we've, I don't know, I feel like we've really proved that the way to produce good content is to just do it.
0: And if you want good content to be out there, you kind of have to identify what good content is, and uh then you have to do it yourself or okay. if you don't think it is is already I, out there
1: yeah, and I feel like we have a decent like decent success rate of good content like sometimes we'll have throwaway episodes,
0: uh,
1: yeah, but I feel like like sometimes, like we'll we'll pick a good topic and we'll dive into it. like I think our referrals episodes um, I think i I think the paint went really well, <laughs> I
0: agree, yeah. And I, the two that the two or three that Brandon suggested were, were fantastic. Oh, those were awesome. so fun! Um, so that's that's been really good, and uh, it's definitely given me more confidence to try new things because, like, the problem with trying trying to learn something new, right? A lot of the time, is that people want to do it, but they have no reason to do it, and so the motivation to keep doing it dies really quickly. Whereas, um, I, I wanted to Especially learn once again. Good- hard, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially once it gets difficult. Yep, exactly. And so like I wanted to learn how to do some like minor audio or video editing, but I never had a reason to. And then the first time Chandler was like, I'm out because I've got this thing. And it was like, "Oh. I guess I'm learning how to do this now." Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to keep doing it because now that I can do it, it's like only fair that I keep doing it.
1: Well, um, and it it's just the simple accountability like I promised myself that I would have, you know, an OSL grimy by War Machine weekend, and I was able to finish that, show it off, or like talk about it on the podcast, talk about it in articles, post all kinds of pictures, and like like the, it kept me going and doing it. And I finished it in, for me at least, record time.
0: Yeah, and it was really cool to watch. Yeah, um, and so yeah, definitely, it's been it's been an experience to see like both what it takes mentally and time wise to do these kinds of things and to do them consistently. And um, I I definitely understand why there's not as much of it out there as as we would maybe want (laughs) because it's really hard. (laughs) Well, we learned that lesson when we recorded with Wargamer Girl, remember?
1: We're like, we watch these, like, you know, 30, 45 minute videos, like, oh, yeah, these are pretty awesome. Why doesn't she have, like, one of these every day? And then we go to record it. Just the recording process took, like, three, four hours. Like, not even all the editing or, like, uh, putting uh, in I, details must, and talking. about That must have been
0: Leyline. I wasn't there for that.
1: Oh, really? That was Leyline? Okay. That must have been well, Leyline. Okay. Well, I just assumed. I don't even know who it was then. <laughs> it was probably it was
0: probably Emmanuel. Okay,
1: yeah. sounds like a
0: thing that I would do. I don't know. Maybe well, it was Chandler. I, I mean, it was probably Chandler as well. What was it? Wait, was yeah. this at Las Vegas? Open Anyways. like three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, so this was the first time that I ever met you, and okay. <laughs> I sort of sat around while you, Chandler, and Emmanuel talked to each other and stared at my cards and just was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It was fine. I was like 19. Okay. So
1: I, I guess that leads to a question. Do you feel like the War Machine community was like welcoming and open? Um,
0: hmm. Yes, but I think that was largely an effect of the store that I started playing in. Mm-hmm. Um I think hmm.
1: So from my experience at least, um I know that it's well, and so like in Texas, there's this microcosm, right, right? So like in in the US, you know, there's this traveling community, like people who go to the big cons and all meet up and talk to the locals and all that. Well, in yep. Texas, there's a smaller version of that with the Dallas crew and Houston crew when mm-hmm. they travel to each other and so like it just kind of scaled up for me and so i felt comfortable going and talking to you know my opponents the people i played against and yeah know, just going and talking to them. i always i don't know maybe maybe it's just you know my perspective here but i always feel like i try and take the time to talk to people who are interested in talking about wargaming no matter you know yeah like like i'm i try i try to respond to like facebook requests as long as they're not about carver Um, I'll talk to I'll talk to people about what (laughs) list they're interested in or what they think even if it's just to say hey I've never thought about that but here's what I've heard is good
0: yeah so so I have a bit of a weird perspective on this Mm -hmm. because like so I started playing War Machine I played a lot for a year and then I moved back to Washington and I didn't play for like two years like almost at all I painted a ton and I Played the occasional Vassal game, but I basically didn't play. And, and then the painting I moved community
1: back. is very different, right?
0: <laughs> well, and I wasn't even part of that because I barely oh, wow. was on social media. Like, I really okay. wasn't. So I spent a lot of time watching Battle Reports and and um, listening to podcasts. And then I discovered there was a community in Spokane, which is about two and a half hours away from me. And so I drove out to that a couple of times. Well, a couple, and then every month it got to be. Um, and I... I progressed very rapidly to the point where I was starting to do... I, I, my first tournament, I went, like, 3 And then a year later, I, I think I won, like, five in a row or something. Um, because I was just like, I didn't have anything else to do. I was 19, <laughs> 20. I had a full-time salary job and no social life. So I just kind of poured myself into the game. And then I moved back to Utah and met Chandler. And be, through Chandler, I met you. And then mm-hmm. sort of, like, we decided to do this thing, and through this, I've met a ton of people. So I don't really know what it's like for most people to just sort of, like, go to conventions on their own or with their friends. Because I didn't really go to conventions until after Line started up. That's true
1: that that is an interesting arc actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess in in mine is weird too cuz like I said we had this like practice version of the con scene cuz we yeah. had people who were already traveling but they were all they were just traveling around Texas and so they would come to us.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like Chandler probably has the most normal arc out of all three of us and he's not here to talk about it. So, Yeah.
1: Well, and and he's transitioned into like building and maintaining a meta. So, yeah. it's like that's <laughs> like his job in War Machine now is being welcoming and opening. Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. I I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's any better or worse than any other communities.
0: Oh, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I never answered your question. Uh, I think from what I've seen that the vast majority of people that go to conventions are super great people that would love to talk to you about your game. Like the the mm-hmm. first time I went to LVO, uh I lost in the make or break round to Mike Purrier. And mm-hmm. he spent 20 minutes talking to me about how my positioning was great, was great, was great. And then I screwed up my stormwall positioning and three turns later I lost. And it was because of that. And he walked me yeah. through the whole thing. And it was great. And I was like, oh, yeah. I never even thought about using Haley's feet like that. I never even <laughs> considered that you could send a storm wall in, wreck half a colossal, and then feed on it as long as you were completely in the other arc.
1: So it can't turn. So it can't <laughs> oh, turn. You're right. Mark mark three kids, ask your parents about that.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a really positive experience. I was just, you know, I was an awkward, like, 20-year-old. I didn't know what I was doing um, socially. So, yeah, I think it's good. I think I think the War Machine community in person is one of the most interesting and inviting groups of people that you'd ever want to be around. I think War Machine just as bad as anywhere else. Yeah, basically, just (laughs) yeah, yep,
1: yeah. Yeah. Speaking as people who put War Machine thoughts out on the internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, I feel like we're probably. Okay. Drawing to a close. Okay. Do you now have any you final have pick, comments? Yeah,
1: pick one fi- one specific model that you are most thankful for in War Machine.
0: Ooh. Um Well, okay, so
1: I'm I'll answer first just to give yeah, you some time. I'm really excited to play Barnabas two again because I love just throwing my caster up there, wrecking a heavy, and making it so the rest of my army is impossible to kill and i think there's a lot of good places for him i think it's his time to shine i'm excited to play him again once Clockers gets nerfed in oblivion
0: fair enough <laughs> um man this is hard uh no it's easy it's the mountain king um, oh wow i'm the most thankful for the mountain king i will explain why um at the close to the end of Mark II, the first time I ever traveled, I went to Texas for the charity um, ClashFrick okay. here, um, and I took a list that was really weird. It was Madrack one with a Mountain King, Mulg, an Earthborn, and then Janissa and like support solos. And I took it in, and everybody's like, "Why aren't you playing runes?" And I was like, "I made up this list, and I think it's pretty cool." And the Mountain King <laughs> that entire weekend printed me money. And I played into Runes of War twice and I crushed the mirror against people <laughs> like Julian Lesage, who's like not bad really at this game. Um, yeah. And ever since then, I, I still have that Mountain King. I've traded and sold and bought into Trolls three times now. And I still <laughs> have that Mountain King and it's sitting right there. That's and great. uh so I'm, I'm pretty darn thankful for that model because it, it yep. was pivotal to, like, one of the first lists that I ever made that was actually pretty good that wasn't a net list. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, oh, and that was World Watchers of 2 for me. I, I know exactly that feeling you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And then from a painting perspective... Yeah, this is uh, 2
1: Mountain King, right? Which I, this, pardon me? This is Mark Mark 2 Mountain King, right? Mark 2 Mountain
0: <laughs> King, Matt 5. Oh, so yeah.
1: People, so people are like, what does that model even do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, From a painting perspective, I am most thankful for the Crick Slayer for two reasons. Number one, it was the first model I ever painted. Um, And number two, it's the first model that I ever convinced my wife to paint. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah. I don't think she actually knows about that. Well...
1: (laughs) Uh, well my painting one's obvious. I'm very thankful for object source lighting.
0: Um it's the <laughs> first
1: time I've had fun with painting and now I won't I now I don't know if I'll ever make a model that doesn't have it. <laughs> I mean, why not? It can be your signature. I, so I, I went I went back to my Grimkin and I put lanterns on everything that did, didn't have a Nake
0: <laughs> Yep. It's pretty great. Brett's Brett's Grimkin army on the table is something else. Yeah. It's uh it's really fun to look it's- at.
1: I need to go back and shadow it, but that's yeah. time-consuming.
0: It is. <laughs> righty. Right. So. so, with that, we would like to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. Um, we love meeting you at conventions, and your, your generous support has gotten me and Chandler out to basically everything that we've gotten to. It wouldn't be possible without you guys. So, thank you very much. That's that's been huge. Um, if you're interested in that, you can go to L- uh, patreon.com slash war machine and find us there. It's it's not like we're not a normal podcast. We don't lock things behind the Patreon, everything's out there. Uh, it's just like a tip if you like what we do. Um, go check we're us doing out a raffle soon. We're, right? we're doing a raffle uh, in December, yeah. So yeah. we'll be doing a raffle for a small base model for the, the low tier. A heavy kit for the medium tier and a small base model that one of us, aka probably me, paints. unless you want an object source lit. Unless you what want, you want object source lit, in which case Brett can do it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that'll be in December. Um, and we do those. We try to do those once a quarter. I think I don't think we've missed one yet, but I could be wrong about that. I had a kid this year, so my life is. <laughs> it, we always feel like we're missing it, and then it just shows up, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yep." So also thank you to Broken Egg Games for your support. They've been a sponsor since the Druid's Dice days of my online wow. content. Yeah, going back, huh? <laughs> um, and uh, they've got the prettiest tokens on the internet and some really cool-looking terrain. And if you go to their web store, you can use the code LOS5CODE and you'll get 5% off everything in your cart, which is great. Um, also thank you to Tyson at figurepainters.com for sponsoring us. We need to start raffling off gift cards for him again. He asked me about that a couple of days ago. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. We were doing great, and then I had then my son was born, and then I stopped being the administrator for a little while, and things fell apart. Okay, <laughs>
1: I won't say that's inaccurate.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to be writing a short article on my speed painting Grimkin army pretty quick here, and all of it is the, on his beautiful um, hexagonal basalt column base inserts, which are gorgeous. You said Grimkin,
1: but you meant Infernals, right?
0: I meant Infernals. I'm going to paint my Grimkin too, and they're going to be on his bases as well. But, you know, yeah, Jaden's tired, guys. Um, (laughs) So you can find all his stuff at figurepainters.com. He's got awesome looking busts and uh, bases and base inserts and tutorials. Um our website is LOSwarmachine dot com. We haven't put anything up in a while other than podcasts because I just graduated, so I've been insane Woo! up until last week.
1: You but got I'm gonna a start stake. writing
0: again. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and a computer. Uh um, oh, wow, that's better. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh I'm gonna start writing again. I'm looking at doing five hundred ish word vignettes about all kinds of random topics as soon as we get through like the next couple of weeks and I've had time I think to it's a really good idea. Speaking of restriction, breeze, creativity. Yeah. I, I like the 500 word or less. Cause I was looking back at my last, like couple dozen articles and it's like, Oh, your average word counts in like the 2200 to 2800 range. And nobody's got time to read that except for you. Yeah. Cause you read stupid fast. And then it's like a five part series, right? Yeah. I need to not do that anymore. It's a bad <laughs> idea. Um, so, yeah, we'll be putting out more content, or I will be putting out more content, and I'll be bugging Chandler to put out more content. Chandler's got, like, three brilliant half-written articles that I've been begging him to finish because <laughs> really? I've read them. Yeah, he's got one on, like, Essence Economy, which is fantastic. He's looking at oh, wow. math that I don't think anybody's thought about. He's got one on game abstraction and design that's, like, three-quarters written that he should finish, and he's got another one on, like, approaching the game from, like, a... Like a less competitive perspective i think is what it is either way there's like can
1: i ghostwrite these please
0: sure i mean they're they're fantastic articles so somebody please bug chandler to finish them other than me because i'm getting tired of doing it and he's getting tired of me doing it Uh, but they're great The, the, the stuff that he's written is really good and i'm excited for those to get out there um you can find us on twitter you can find chandler on twitter at los underscore chandler and you can email it at us at lswormhords at gmail.com. No, I never check my Twitter, and you never check your Twitter. There's no point. <laughs> I think they're <laughs> deleting inactive Twitters. So, uh... uh, I mean, I look at it every two weeks. Oh, I don't. <laughs> okay, cool. Maybe yours is gone. Our Facebook page is Line of Sight. Um, you can see all of the things that we post pictures of and thoughts about, and occasionally I'll throw up an insane list and everybody will tell me I'm bad and I'll be like mm-hmm. yeah probably um, and you can message any of us on Facebook we're pretty friendly and we'll get back to you as fast as we can So, as long as it's not about Carver <laughs> I'll get back to you if it's about Carver but that will <laughs> so um, happy Thanksgiving everybody thanks for listening to this crazy little episode and we'll see you next week yep. thanks <laughs>